0: Pulled the shirt on Scored the goals Andy Campbell On the red This is the red
1: Well here we go again Great mate How are you? Good evening Great yes. Well. I sound like some well. Smashing nicey DJ Don't I? Um, <laughs> sorry again It's got Slavin Live On the top I don't know <laughs> why I'll,
2: Do you know what I'll forgive you You've seen oh, me I, change I it do. I've just changed yeah, it no, And
1: you. it still says and Live yeah. but. I blame Bernie Yeah, so do I. gets everywhere. Infiltrates everywhere. Uh, Rise first one in on the old uh, Facebook Live. Delete. 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 Okay, then. Uh, What's that? Uh, Good evening, Andy Campbell. Dave Roberts not forgetting the main man. Main man. Steve McLaren. Vicious. I I suppose 20 years ago today, uh, a handful of hours hours ago, uh, Borough lifted their first trophy. You weren't around, sadly, to... To see that, to be there, to be part of it, witness Because Steve let you go. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I've caused a problem already on the show.
2: Um, now listen, it's I'm it, I'm old enough and long enough enough to understand that that was that was football. Um, for Middlesbrough, it was the best decision that they ever did to bring in the likes of um, Malcolm Christie, who helped, who helped the boys get on the way, mm. Michael Ricketts, Massimo, um, Joseph Job, etc. So for me, it was a um, it was a brilliant. Um, decision that the club made to move forward and push forward and listen it's a, i think and, and and i'll probably refer back to my own career that um these moments that, that that are fondly remembered are because that we haven't had success since you know that that, that when i scored that goal at Cardiff that it's still fondly remembered because they haven't had many positive since and and i think if we had a little bit more um if we would had a few more silverwares in the in the trophy cabinet it might have been a little, a little bit more positive but um it's it's a day that every middlesbrough fan will remember um uh, a great occasion. I think it would have been it would have been brilliant to beat Wembley. You know what I mean. Don't get me wrong, but it was brilliant for me personally because I was living in Cardiff at the time, yeah. so it was it was it was great for me. Did you
1: get to the game? Did you see it? Did you watch the former club? Or was it still too raw then?
2: No, no, no. I was I was there. I nearly wasn't there. Um, um, very interesting story. Uh, played for Cardiff on the Saturday. Didn't have a very good game. No. Not, not just me. Yeah, the team we got yeah, yeah. we got walloped um i think it was three or four um we were training anywhere on the sunday but training was changed and i asked uh lenny lawrence who was my manager at the time obviously signed me at middlesbrough big middlesbrough manager um good good friend of mine um, i asked him for a bit of time off just so i could go and watch the boys at the millennium stadium playing the final and um and i got a quick sharp no i had to go to training oh so i ran from uh, Ninian park to the millennium stadium in my cardiff city training kit and watched the game with my with my cardiff stuff on with uh with all the Middlesbrough fans, so I was probably the odd one out in it who looked a bit stupid, but I wasn't I wasn't missing <laughs> it for nobody. <laughs> I wasn't missing it for nobody.
1: And what was uh, what well, by the way, if you want to get your calls in, give us your memories, your thoughts on what happened this day twenty years ago, uh, you can call us O three three oh O four three two thousand and two. You can WhatsApp us, same number, O three three oh O four three two thousand and two. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on last weekend, this coming weekend, the remainder of the season is Andy Campbell live on the red D A B Radio, smart speakers, all that sort of stuff. I suppose I better flick that button while I'm talking. I no, no, just so people can see me. um It's not a pretty sight though, because I've been running. Uh, but yeah, oh three three or Can I jump straight into the calls? Because oh, we do have do. We do have Chris on the line from Ingleby Barwick. Chris, uh you're far too young to remember Cardiff, uh, surely? Evening,
3: gents. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm far too young, Giv. Um <laughs> I was at the time. Um, Oh, I was a young, 22, 23 year twenty-three-year-old. I think uh, remembering the day well. Oh, we, uh, we wish. Went
1: down oh, we and, wish went, we were. <laughs> yes.
3: We went. Uh, we went down on the train on the morning. Um, it was a bit of a family affair, actually. I think I uh, uh, took uh, my parents and uh, even me nana came with me. So um, it was. It was a good day. Um, I remember being very, very confident. Um, to be honest, um, it, I think it was the first final where I think we might have been favourites, um, and uh, I, I remember it well. Um, and let's be honest I, th- I thought um, you know I thought I thought the game went well um, apart from when Schwartor, um he,
2: yeah, he let Chris, that in let in one slip in, uh, in the foot in... of
3: the post yeah, Chris Middles,
2: Middlesbrough yeah, don't do yeah. things uh, the easy way do they you know obviously went I, I agree with you, I think the game was quite comfortable until um We'll we'll call it a slip of the fingers. Uh, Mark yeah, uh, did yeah. that now and again. He was always quite reliable, but he uh, he liked to uh, make things interesting now and again and make it make it difficult. But I, yeah, I, I agree. I think did. it was a it was a it was a memorable start to the game and and just got a little bit nervy towards the end. But we should have really put that to bed very very soon than what we um, what we had to do, really.
3: We, we we should we should have done it. And I think. Um, I mean, we were under the cosh after that, um, and he, he made some great saves. I remember. Yeah, Second half. Um, I thought we managed the game very well. Um, I, I, you know, we we we've all watched the replays uh, since then, and um, you know, we, uh, we 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 managed the game really well. I can't remember them having a real sort of clear cut chance. Um, and uh, I watched it not too long ago, um, and some memories of flooding back of Janino. He made a couple of mazy runs towards the back end of the game, and uh, that, that just would have put um, that would have been the. Uh, Jerry on top of the cake, really, wouldn't it? If um, if if, uh, if he would have put one of them away, but um, no, um, really good day. Um, you know, like I say, um, very confident uh, that we were going to win, and um, yeah, we, we uh, typical borough though. We don't do it easy.
2: No, we don't. Chris, is it, is it still fondly remembered because we haven't won anything since, or is it always going to be remembered because of it was the first one that we won? Um, what's your thoughts on that?
3: I think it's going to be another 128 years, Andy, to be honest, before we win something else. Um, that's what it feels like at the moment, especially after last weekend. Uh, but uh, but no, I think it was, you know, it was, um, you know, it was it was made for us. Juninho was there um you know southgate is captain i think yeah. he was a bit of a lucky charm with that cup yeah, as well was, yeah. um and uh you know it's um we're, we're, we're I, I can't see us getting close um uh to anything at the moment I, I know we got to the semis but you know we came across some outfit uh which i won't name um yeah, and uh, yeah they, they, they certainly put us to the sword so yeah. you know you never know stranger things have happened but uh, i can't see it anytime soon andy
2: when you said there, Crystal, about uh, about winning the game favourites, I, I I probably agree. We, we we were the bigger club. We had um, we had the we had the squad. We had, had world class footballers. But Bolton had some good players as well, didn't they? At the time, you know, they they were pretty they strong, did. and that was probably the best Bolton outfit. You know, what I mean, look at where the clubs have both evolved since that day. You know that we were yeah. both in Carling Cup finals, and then now they're in League One, I believe. You know, what I mean, they're struggling mm. to get out where they are. They are probably punching above the weight in terms of where the club is in stature. Look where we are. You know, what I mean, we want we're flattering to deceive currently. Um, it just shows how football's evolved over twenty years, I guess. Yeah, so, so it certainly does. I mean, what well, you know, they had big names, didn't they? Jokiev, Ev, uh, Campo, a uh,
3: Kotcher. Yeah, um, yeah so, they so they had some great. And Emerson Tom wasn't wasn't bad at back as well, yeah, and he made a couple of mistakes in yeah. that in, in that game. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I went into the game thinking we were favourites. It was certainly a game that we um, that we said that you know we, we, we could win, um, and um, and we did. So uh, very happy. Great memories. Um, it, to me, it seems like a lifetime ago. To be fair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people, people, people—you know—a lot's happened. You know, we've been in Eindhoven since then as well. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know, um, great times, great memories, and uh, just hope another one comes on comes
2: on the horizon oh, very yeah. soon. It's final, a- final question, Chris. Then, did you cry? That's one question that's come up on social media. <laughs> Did you, I, I did didn't at the cry? time,
3: but on the second goal, I was next to my brother, and he got his nose smashed in there by a fan. <laughs> I, bet he, I bet he cried <laughs> I mean, then, did he? <laughs> yeah, he, he cried. Yeah, uh, and we were we, we were all, you know, as you do, jumping and cuddling people who you don't even know. And uh, the next thing I knew, we turned around and he had a bleeding nose. So, um, yeah, I didn't cry, but it was uh, it was certainly an emotional day. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. cracking. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, mate. Brilliant all right, stuff. Guys, take Cheers take now. Care. See you now. Bye bye, uh, Chris Ingleby-Barwick, uh, His thoughts, his memories of. Um, of, the, of that day in Cardiff, and it's a city you know very well, isn't it?
2: It is a city. It's a stadium I know very well. It's a city I know very well, and isn't it, it? It couldn't have been for me any, any better. You know, I went to a lot of cup finals there, um, living there, because we were. I was very fortunate to um, to play for a club who was get, who got tickets there very very easily. And uh, obviously, when Middlesbrough got there, it was it was a dream come true because it's on my doorstep. I could have a lot of family there, a lot mm-hmm. of friends there. So it was it was a, it was really good, and it made made it more special for me. Um, Obviously I'd played there the season before for Cardiff in the playoff final, scored the winning goal so to see my team lift the trophy there, the first trophy that I I thought we were going to win, a more by the way. I didn't think 20 years down the line I think that that was going to be our only one. Um, but there you go. Uh, it's uh, it was yeah, it was very special.
1: That's how football, how far footballs left us behind. Uh, we will be joined uh, a little bit later on the show from the the man who who let Andy Campbell go. <laughs> That's probably his only bad decision. Uh, and the architect of Borough winning that trophy, Steve McLaren, the Borough boss at the time, is joining us a little later in the show. So it'll be good let's, to get his let's insight switch,
2: Let's switch those comments. Which, what's that? The comment first about with the architecture of the winning the trophy and his instrumental. Oh, in did it.
1: you start it a few years prior? You started run the run to the Millennium Stadium a you few years you, before.
2: You don't win trophies overnight, you know, yeah. but you've got to build the foundations first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, calls are flying in Rising. He's, he's our 51% Plymouth and uh, 49% no, Borough a, fan.
2: 99% Plymouth right now, I yeah, guess.
1: Yeah, I bet he is. <laughs> but, how old are, are you? How old are you, Rye?
0: i turned 35 in 35 just over, it, just over
2: two weeks time did so you, you fi- did? So you, did you forget that for a minute there because it like you were um you were a bit confused <laughs> well it's just, <laughs> it's just numbers, a number isn't just it? a number mate <laughs> yeah. it is just a yeah, number two numbers man. actually two two two
1: sadly two in my numbers. case sadly yeah they add up to a lot in <laughs> my case uh so come on rye do you remember borough winning the carling cup back yes. in 2004
0: yes of course i do oh, i was actually living in borough at the time and All right. It was it was my first season as a Borough season ticket holder Ooh. in the North Stand. And funny enough, I was actually going through my season ticket back then with my gun two days ago because he was
2: like, oh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And I'm like, I remember it. To, I mean, we, obviously we, season ticket though, right, with those kind of players, um, the style of player that Steve brought in, you know, I mean, that well, that must have been a, a real exciting time, you know, because obviously Brian, Brian Robson has been there and, and brought in the world-class stars, but then we evolved as a club. But I think we, as a squad, we got better. We didn't have the probably individual stars that we had in Janino. I know Giannino came back. Giannino, Ravinelli, Boxic, uh, Emerson, etc. We had a better group, hmm. I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think, like, having Giannino around, I mean, he was my all-time favorite player from like when i was six when he first joined the borough so i mean i, I was like so that d- happy that that does make us a little bit old yeah thanks mate yeah. and i was able to watch him live as well and I-, I it was just amazing to see him play for the borough live instead of watching him live on TV. <laughs>
1: yeah. So how on earth did you become a Plymouth fan? You should have been 51 Borough, 49 Plymouth, mate. Come on. You know, a small well, matter of last weekend's got nothing to do with that.
0: Well, it was because I was born in Plymouth.
1: I know, mate. I know. I'm taking the mic. I mean, and, and, and you, uh, you were story. in the Borough at the time of Janino. Come on. It's how.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the story of me um, actually going down to Cardiff was, like, we set off at, like, 2 o'clock. We went and picked up a cousin that lived in Kobe Newham and then his mate, who lived the other side of Borough. we went and drove down the long motorways all the way down to the m five and then obviously we went down the for um, for, for goodness M50. sake mate
1: don't if if you're telling us how you got down to Plymouth, don't tell us because it takes forever. <laughs>
0: No. What, after that 2 0 defeat.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, go on then. We'll give you the opportunity to gloat right now.
0: Well, it's You've the only 15 time seconds. I can gloat. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, I'm off to the 20 year reunion tonight, yep. which is nice. Unfortunately, obviously, Janino can't be there due yeah. to personal
2: reasons, but it's,
0: it's, it's really nice that I'm going to be able to get to meet some of the stars. Of 20 years
2: ago. I think it's important, though, mate, that um, that that players give back things as well. You know, because I think um, I think when you're a player, and, and I'll put I'll put myself in that category, that yeah. That you, you live in this bubble um you live in this in this in this real small bubble that you you don't see out of it really you you you, you look at the next game you look at the next training session uh, you probably look towards your holidays and you forget the bigger picture you forget about supporters and it's only when you retire and you come out of the game that you realize probably what you've achieved mm. um the legacy that you've left yep um the memories that you've made young people you know what i mean ryan talks talks about being six year old when janino came you know what i mean being being a being a young boy when they when the won the when they won the carlin cup that um, that you forget those young people who've now become adults mm. um, and have had the frustrations that we've had for many a year with the <laughs> with, 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 with watching the club um, and playing for the club and, and being part of trying to achieve something but never really getting there but you know the legacy which that those players that manager um, have left and I'm hoping we can get that again but the legacy that those have left is absolutely massive because that's one thing that nobody can ever take away from us when they talk about um bigger teams down the road who've never won anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's one thing that we've achieved and just, one thing that nobody can ever take just away. Just
1: got a quick message in from Steve McLaren. He said, I'm running a bit late, it'll be about seven forty five, I'll join you. Okay. So so if you if you're on wanting to have a listen to Steve McLaren, the architect of twenty years ago. With everybody else who was in the campus, really scared, isn't he? Really scared. That's it. That's it. Of you, Uh, then he's going to join us at about uh, 7.45. Go on, go on, right? Because we've got plenty of calls coming in. We're going to have to uh, move on very soon, mate. What was that point?
0: Um, obviously, I I, I actually missed school the next day because I was so celebrating that victory like nobody's business, and a teacher caught me.
2: (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll raise that one I nearly missed training The next day With Lenny Lawrence Because I had uh, A little bit too much To drink the night before And Good man Yeah I know, I know Good man I know. But I had the game On the Tuesday So I probably shouldn't Have uh, been drinking On a school night So to speak uh, Absolutely well, Totally agree Totally agree the
0: power. Well yeah, done too right. and, well, well and, and
1: Rye Begrudgingly Well done mate There was only one horse At the race uh, At the weekend So um, uh, enjoy those three points
0: I'm taking them back to Plymouth
1: tomorrow. Good man, good man. Uh, Rye, our fifty-one er I think we better explain that somehow, hadn't we? But uh, but there you go. Our fifty-one percent Plymouth fan, forty-nine percent Borough fan. Um, uh, who's who's you know? He's going down the town all as we speak. Uh, Somebody's already
4: down there. Is our, our old mate, Adam Bragg. Hello, man. Hello, how are you? How are you- I'm alright, I'm uh, just standing outside the central opposite the wonderful town hall in uh, in anticipation of a fine evening
1: Please tell me it's all lit up in red the town hall has
4: uh, you know it's not, it's purple and blue Oh come on uh, I know, the, It's small white. details in it small details. It is it the small to details I'm see two magnificently dressed women in all red with their scarves I thought I was going over the top of it with my jacket on and my shirt on, but these two women were fantastic in the full borough regalia. Love that. I
1: love it. Love it. it. Are you on your own or do you have young Janino with you?
4: No, no, he's not very well, so he's staying at home. So I've got got the father-in-law with me who was there on the day, and with it being the 29th, guess what happened to him? He got proposed to. He did. He got oh, proposed to. you By his then wife, he's now divorced and been remarried. So we've just been joking about <laughs> how much has happened to him in the last twenty years. Oh dear, that'll
2: bring
1: it right over how old he is. I mean, we're we're complaining because people were saying I was only fifteen when uh, Borough lifted the cup, and uh, yeah, he will certainly yeah. know. Yeah. So what are your what are your memories, mate?
4: Oh, do you know what it Having been seventeen, so sort of. Um, Another youngster coming of age. At, no, this is in '97. All right, uh, having okay. gone through that experience of losing, it was probably the most dramatic, traumatic, emphatic, euphoric night and day of my life. It was, unbe- it was unbelievable. You know, when people say things like it's going to live with you forever and you'll always remember where you were and all that kind of thing, that is exactly what it was like for me. It was unbelievable. I cried, <laughs> I was. So happy, and I didn't mind the nine-hour journey back on the coach from from Cardiff. <laughs> either,
1: <laughs> hey, someone, come on, come You've been asking, did you cry?
4: He no, did.
2: no no know. And, and to be fair, a lot of people have said uh, the same thing. Adam, you know that. Um, I think sometimes you, your emotion just gets better if you've done it. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll take you take myself back to um, to when Chris Waddle missed the penalty. You know, what I mean for, for mm. England, yeah. and um, you know back in. Italian night, yeah. it? you know that, that you always remember certain moments which which get you, they get you, and you just can't you can't compose yourself. And um, I, I was a I was a player when we when we when we drew against Leicester when Emil Heskey scored the, the late equaliser yeah. yeah. that, that broke my heart. You know, and I was a player at the time. I yeah. was I was sat there as a fan because I wasn't involved in the squad. Um, I always remember that. I Remember the, the noise when Rav scored. But the Millennium Stadium, it just it had a different feel about it when I wasn't a Middlesbrough player anymore. And when I went there, it was. It was um, it was it was a lot calmer. I think I was a lot calmer. I think I, I went there enjoying it, like Adam said, and I think. And I think when the game started, I think I think the, the players knew exactly what they needed to do, and I think and I think they they executed what Steve wanted them to do, magnificently. And I think um, I, I think I I agree. I, I only had about a five a five minute drive back home, which is which is a little bit better for me. But it was a yeah. it was a nice it was a nice five minute drive back home though. It was I mean, it was a
4: it was a strange feeling, Andy. Though wasn't it? Because it was inside, the roof was shut. It yeah. felt very dark. Yeah. It was a very strange atmosphere. But yeah. I, I'm not sure. I remember it being fun. I remember. Schwartz, uh, with that terrible error. Yeah. I remember him making an incredible save it hit the post and he grabbed it again. I remember him making another save. I remember them having his free header a couple of times. So I don't remember it being fun.
2: It was fun at 2-0. It was,
4: it was
1: fun in the first 10 it's minutes. In, right?
2: Interesting, Dave, what Adam says there about the roof, though. The roof made a huge difference at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah. It made a huge difference yep. to the atmosphere. Um, I've been yep. there for rugby games, football games, um, different events uh, when the roof's been open, roof's been shut. And when the roof's shut, the echo, the noise, the the heat um, from ninety thousand yeah. people there is just magnificent, you know. And I think if anybody's never sampled that atmosphere, you know what I mean, because of various ages or didn't get an opportunity to be, to be lucky enough to go that go that game, try and go to the Millennium Stadium just for that alone, because the atmosphere was electric and the noise. Mm. I'd always said about the the noise at Wembley when Rab scored that goal was the was the loudest. Yeah, but the noise throughout the game. In my stadium, when the roof shot is just phenomenal because it was just the echoes. It stays there for 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 quite a while, and it's just it's just never ending. It just bounces around the stadium, and it's just unbelievable.
1: Really, really scary. So, what's the what's the overriding memory then, if there's one, Adam? What is it?
4: Oh, do you know? It has to be the final whistle. I, I I do remember you put that great stat on Facebook today about who was the last player to touch the ball before yeah. the final whistle. And I do remember Janino running a good forty fifty yards with the ball and wishing he would score um, just to put our nerves at rest. But the final whistle will always live with me forever. It was it wasn't the cup lifting. It was just the sheer relief and joy of the of knowing we'd done it. And it was it was a time, wasn't it, where Magic was actually happening for us. We were competing at the top end of the Premier League. We'd won our first cup, which meant we were in Europe. And suddenly, it was this idea of, "This is us now. We are now an established Premier League team." Who who knew that twenty years later we're going to be languishing around, potentially getting relegated from the Championship? Twenty years. Later <laughs> <on. But> that <laughs> hey, was that was the so- feeling for me. of yeah. What could What could come?
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the overriding um, thought or the overriding memory is: I remember again. It's the same as you. It's the full time whistle. But what I remember is turning to my best mate, who was with me, Andy. We'd gone down there together, and I and I just looked at him and I screamed, "We're in Europe!" Yeah. That was it. Yeah, We're in yeah. Europe, yeah. and that was the big was, that was the big memory for me.
2: I think sometimes
4: it like, like passing your driving test yeah, yeah, in yeah. in life. It's yeah. like sometimes in your life, big events. To me, that was Borough's big life events. We'd. We've yeah. done what other teams do and we're now in another
2: phase of our growth. Yeah. Europe. I absolutely agree with you, Dave. That's how it felt. But sometimes when well, you forget those those little fine details, don't you? You know, that that you're there for the hearing now, you're there yeah. for the final whistle, you're there for the trophy lift. But then the bigger picture, because of that one game, it took us to another level. It took us to another level yeah. with personnel. It took us to another level level in terms of stature for the club. Um another level in terms of memories. You know what I mean? Because the memories for from, from the from the UEFA Cup were just were just ridiculous in terms of What we what we got what we we got from it, you know. But you don't get those memories if you don't put the shift in against Bolton, and you don't get the bit of luck from the penalty, for example. Which you know what I mean? If you look twenty years years down the line, would that would that still be allowed? You know? know, there's. I used to play for Bolton, so I still have a couple of Bolton friends, and um, they say that it should, if, it was, if it was VAR back then, it wouldn't have been allowed because he double-kicked it. And blah, 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 blah. Absolutely, I mean, so you can, yeah, you can. Yeah, I mean, but sometimes I don't you, you think that double-kick
1: situation had come up before. No. I think that was the first time in a high-profile game yeah. where only afterwards someone, oh yeah, it did happen. It did happen because it was it, yeah. Mike, it was Mike Riley refereeing, wasn't
2: yeah. it? And it was. I think he admitted after he spotted it, but, but I think you, it was so unusual. If you don't notice it, though, because I don't think it was too noticeable in terms of. Right at the time, you know, what I mean, the Bolton yeah. fans were in, in euphoria. I don't even think the, the Bolton fans really knew until you watch it again later on, and, and the referee's got what, one opportunity to see it quite sharpish, and if he's if he's looking at the edge of the box or he's looking at a different moment in, yeah at, at, at that time, you know, it's it's just it's a it's and a, it's and history. Big Sam
4: being Big Sam. It was his one thing to whinge about at the end of the game, wasn't it? He always <laughs> Big, asked about Sam. Big, Big
2: Sam, Sam likes to whinge anyway, yeah. Big Sam and Phil like yeah. to whinge about everything. Just, that's what they got. Yeah. They, they love the whinge. That's what they do.
1: So tonight, Dad, uh, we, we'll, we'll move on and let you go, because I know the doors are going to open soon. Uh, what are you looking for? Oh, i waiting for me. <laughs> I know you're disappointed about Janine. You everybody is. Yeah, but what are, you, what are you looking forward to?
4: Do you know what? I, I was asked this by my mother-in-law who was babysitting tonight and my wife before she went off out somewhere. And I said, it's going to be nice just as probably bump into some friends who I haven't seen for years, some football fans, you know because when you, you sit at the football stadium and you have your rituals and people do their certain things before the match, there'll be people there who I probably haven't seen, that'll be nice mm. and I also, it be nice to see Gareth Southgate because I think, a bit like Tony Mowbray, that his legacy and legendary status of Pura was tarnished by the the management period so it'd be nice to see gareth southgate and get a round of applause maybe even get a song for him because he was he was awesome for us and i'm proud he lifted the cup for middlesbrough because he was a proper captain and a proper leader folks. i agree
1: yeah he's he said the same uh, he's done a great interview um with the northern echo and uh, and in that it was he was he was almost not haunted that's the wrong word but he was overshadowed by yeah by mogger and the whole, um, what's the word I'm struggling to find? Come on, Ads, you're great with words. Um, <laughs> just the whole presence of Mogger with Middlesbrough Football Club. And, and, yeah. and that's what he said. He said yeah. it was for him to be the captain that lifted that first trophy. That's you right. You know, while, whilst not in the shadow of Mogger, but certainly with the, the feeling of the presence of Mogger in and around yeah. the football club because of yeah. what he did for this club. He said uh, that was the special moment for him. So, look, enjoy yourself. Appreciate your time. I will time. do. Thanks. And, Cheers, guys. Um, you care, know, you Andrew, have a, have that care. beer on me, mate. Have that beer on me. I
4: will do. See Good you later.
1: Cheers. Thanks, uh, Adam Bragg, uh, who's a regular contributor. You can be too. Steve McLaren's joining us a little later in the show. He uh, has been held up getting back home, but he should be with us at about 22, uh, quarter to eight. So uh, literally in about 15, 15, 20 minutes time, the man who led the borough to lift that trophy, Steve McLaren, will be with us. And, mate, we've got to talk about... Plymouth, and we're going to talk about Stoke.
2: Yeah, yeah. Two um, two big games before the before last weekend started. Um, we start with the Plymouth one. It, it couldn't have got any worse. We talked about the tempo, Dave, didn't we? We talked about the start. We talked mm. about um, making things easy for ourselves and, and and not giving the fans any frustrations, not giving teams anything to hang the hat on, not giving teams a, a lead against us. It couldn't have gone any couldn't have gone any worse. No, it couldn't. But and i tell you. What, but it should have got worse.
1: And I tell you what, hold that thought, because we'll talk Plymouth um, immediately after this. And if you want to call, you can. We'll take your calls too. Uh, the number's on the screen if you're watching on Facebook Live. If you're listening on the Red Across T side, the number is 0330-043-2002. That's 0330-043-2002. Get your calls in, whether it's WhatsApp or WhatsApp messages. I'll get your calls in, just pick up the phone and dial that number, and we'll get you through to Andy Campbell, and uh, we'll also be hearing from Steve McLaren very shortly. And we'll get to your messages on Facebook Live. We haven't even done that yet. Apologies. We'll do that next. Cam's Red Army, right here on the Red.
0: This is the Red.
1: Uh, that number, once again, 033 043 2002. If you want to call, if you want a WhatsApp message, call with WhatsApp, uh, numbers the same. 0330 2002. Steve McLaren will be with us in around about 10 15 minutes uh, and we'll get his view on that, uh, that amazing day 20 years ago. And um, I've got another memory I've just realised, Andy. Um, Pre game, we got there early. We, we stayed overnight like a lot of people did in Cardiff, just on the outskirts, Travel Lodge or something like that. Excuse me a sec. <coughs> Tickle in the throat. And um, so we, we ventured into the city early. We, um, we found around the corner from the Millennium Stadium an articulated lorry with a side folded down. It was a Guinness truck. They were doing a bit of guerrilla marketing nice. because, obviously, it was the Carling Cup fan. Yeah, yeah. And it was ridiculously cold because it was February, end yeah. of February. Uh, and we just all stayed around this Guinness truck because they were just pouring and pouring and pouring and yeah. we were just buying and buying and drinking and drinking. And at the end, it was like, oh, it's time time to get to the stadium, lads. And the Borough fans, there, it was all just Borough fans there. And the Borough fans that were around there uh, then started picking up, You know, there were plastic glasses, but picking up glasses and taking them back and putting them on the bar, this, this mobile articulated lorry bar. And, um, and we did the same. And as I put a big bunch of glasses up on, uh, on the counter, the guy said to me, we've never known fans like you. I said, what, well, don't people clean up after themselves? He said, not just the cleaning up. All morning we've been selling beer and we get, can I have, please? And when we hand it over, thank you. Thank you. Fans don't say please and thank you Manners, But your lot did don't cast There you go either. So I don't know where he was from But he's, he's obviously a converted Borough fan mate. Yeah, too, well, yeah. Totally. So totally. we were talking Plymouth, mate Let's talk yeah. a bit of footy before Steve McLaren joins us yeah. Not good at the weekend It was the worst performance I've seen I've got to be honest
2: Yeah, this season, listen I, I, I think um, I, 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 It's time not to hold any punches back Especially after the weekend that uh, 2-0 It probably should have been 4 or 5 If I'm perfectly honest I mm. thought... Um, um, Glover made some exceptional saves on the back of some really bad errors in terms of some of the saves he made. I thought he, he got himself out of jail a little bit, I thought they were f- they were so dominant in every single area. I thought defensively they, they looked solid, um, I thought midfield, they won every battle, they outrun us, outfought us, um, they, they outplayed us um, and the centre forward just ran us all over the place and we couldn't handle anything what they had. Um, if we were playing the top top side, I, I watched Leeds last night and, yeah. and and they damaged Chelsea for a long periods of that game. You know what I mean? They started strong and but there weren't leads. were not leeds we are talking about Plymouth here. And we're talking yeah. about the team who's won one game away from them all season. So they doubled the, the 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 wins. We've picked one point up against them out of six potentially this season. There's just so many negatives. Will come from the whole package of the the two games with with, with Plymouth and um, and I know we laughed and we joke when uh, when rise on the show the call there but it's just not good enough in terms of what our season aspirations are you know I know when uh, when Higgy was on the show a couple of weeks ago about not being good enough um, to be in the playoffs that was the biggest outline on uh, on Saturday that if we got anywhere near the playoffs and we ended up anywhere near the Premier League this season I think we would embarrass ourselves in terms of um, the bigger picture um, because there would be so much work to do it would cost us far too much investment to get anywhere where we would need to be to be competitive mm. that I think we need to understand that we don't run before we can walk um, and I mean I mean, what I mean by that is uh, certain players need to grow in certain areas, um, we need to find that, that pure identity about is that going to be young players coming through, are we going to stick to the, the, the longer contracts with a, with a similar age, um, are we going to start playing players next season who are going to be here next season there's a lot of questions which need to be answered and I think we need to start probably planning now for next season instead of thinking it's still mathematically possible which it is um, we're, we're so far away and I think at the weekend showed us that how far we are away from where we said we were we're after closer the the game. to
1: the relegation zone than we are to the playoffs yeah, now
2: I know and that's the that's the, that's the picture and what, what, what I don't think I don't want to panic I don't want to look at, at that doom and gloom and that, that side of it but we've been talking about playoffs we're six points outside the playoffs we're ten points behind the playoffs we've still got a chance we've got a game in hand listen that forget about it you know what I mean if we have a good end to the season brilliant because it will take us forward to next season mm. that's, that's what we need to look at let's see how many games we can win let's see if we can make the home the riverside a fortress that we can plan for next season can we pick some important results away from home can we try that formation that, that's worked this season three at the back which we've had some positive results is that the way forward? I was quite surprised that he didn 't stick by it yeah if i if, if 'm perfectly honest for something w- which worked so well seven days previous to something which worked so badly in terms of seven days later um, just, but could it, he, he be thinking,
1: get... could he be thinking that 's not the sort of formation to play at home you 've got to be more attacking
2: uh, listen I, I, I agree that why he changed it, yeah, um, and I agree with the personnel. Um, it was the lack of quality for me, you know what I mean we, we, we had the ball in dangerous areas, you know what I mean. Uh, Sammy Silvera had, had had the ball in some really good areas. Lacked his final ball. His quality in the final third was 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 not good enough. Um, we didn't. We, we don't have that outlet in terms of the centre forward, mm. we, we, we've been saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And and you know, I mean, and that's not going to change by the way. So there's no point. I'm not going to sit here and whinge about it and complain that that where we're going to get it from, what we're gonna what we're going to look at, what's the, what's the plan? Because we've got what we've got for the rest of the season, and we and, we, and we've got to get on with it. Um, for me, we've just got to try and just make the best of it. Make sure that we don't slip up over the next couple of weeks, and and then start looking behind us yep. because the likes of Stoke, who we play at the weekend, they're in deep trouble, yeah, absolute deep trouble. But a couple of wins for them can get them out of trouble. And if they win on Saturday against Middlesbrough, um, then you're starting to you're starting to probably look over your shoulder a little bit. You know that I watched them uh, extend the highlights of the, of the Stoke game because they played Cardiff at the weekend, and and Cardiff had been struggling, and Stoke looked a very poor outfit. Um, and how many times this season have we said that the game before the play in Middlesbrough, that team looks terrible. We said again against Rotherham, oh. the turned us over. We said it against Plymouth, yep. the turned us over. You know that we need to be very careful and very aware that just because they're down the bottom of the league, it doesn't make them a bad side. Any team in this league, apart from probably the top four or five, can beat anybody. Particularly if you're off your game. If you're yeah, if you don't bring your real game or your, at least your B game to the table, um, you're going to be in severe trouble. You know because listen, everyone Stoke's not a very nice place to go to um and they'll be fighting for their lives the when their atmosphere is good down there um they'll the fans get get going you know what i mean they'll probably have some grumbles but the fans will be demanding a little bit more from each player yeah the manager will be doing the same you know what I mean? they're coming off a real poor form of results um we just need to make sure it's not against us they don't turn the corner against Middlesbrough football club and we need to make sure that we um that we get a positive result because we talk about back-to-back wins which we've never really had all season we've never had that back-to-back six points where we can we can plan the next one we've had back-to-back bad results and defeats we can't afford to have that going again because i'm not talking about the players forget that what we don't want to do is is is, is getting stuck in a rut and then starting to think where's this come from how come we're fighting bottom six or bottom seven and and, and not looking up you know i want a positive end to the season yeah i, I mean try, that would be that would be ahead. the ultimate
1: wouldn't it but we are in a bit of a rut and yeah. uh, we're just now <coughs> must be getting called uh the, we're just nine points away from the drop down is there any chance yeah we could get sucked into that
2: relegation battle? I don't believe so, only because um, the, the the sides below us are, are poor and they're, and, they're, and they're poor in terms of probably squad, squad depth, um, they haven't invested in the window, they've lost players, um, they have run really really bad runs in terms of, they've had probably the run that we had at the start of the season and it's hard to change that mindset at this time of the year. Um, Probably the teams who are, who are doing, the, doing the best of the teams probably adrift. Rotherham are starting to do hmm. all right and picking up half, half a couple of points even there. But, but it's probably too late for them. And I think we, we talk about the playoffs, only one spot. Rotherham are down, so you, you're probably yeah. looking at two spots. So that's probably your Rotherham saving Rotherham are down and they took four your, points off us. That's a saving grace. And, yeah. that's, and I think that's, that's our point, you know, that we, they took four points off us. Plymouth, they took four points off us. Sheffield Wednesday have took a, two points off us and we've still got to play them again. You know what I mean? There's, there's what so happened many against
1: Huddersfield? I've got a feeling Huddersfield took points off us as well, didn't they?
2: Uh, we beat them in the we beat them in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, we, yeah. But in we, the league, the, in the league, they, they took points off us. Yeah, they've taken yeah. points off us. And I think we look at the bigger picture. We've we've talked all season, haven't we, about about beating teams in and around you, being able to drop points against teams below you. Mm. Hopefully, that doesn't come back in the bankers on the backside Thanks. because uh, that's where. Don't even go there. Don't even yeah. go
1: there. Um, Steve McLaren's going to be joining us. Uh, we've got a short ad break to take shortly uh, in about five minutes. Steve McLaren will be with us to uh, tell us. His memories, his views of that great day in Cardiff, but until then, by the way, apologies once again, no matter how many times i changed it, and, and people will be telling me it says Slavin Live on the top, he's just infiltrated us, Yes, yeah, he, he really is, has. It's, it's, uh, let's get to some of those comments. Uh, the ghost of Bernie. I know. Leslie Coates, main man's here. I don't know who the main man is, whether he's seen himself I think or it's you. Him. Yeah, he thinks it's him. It's him, okay then. Uh, Stu Gawley, evening everyone, up the borough with an F in there. Uh, Ian, very good evening everyone watching. Hope you are well, having a great day. Another win for the mighty Darlow, Tuesday night. Yes, yeah, The great escape is on. Ian, Come was that, on I'm sure that was Curzon Ashton in a
2: way, I'm sure. It was Curzon yeah, Ashton, yeah. Yeah, yeah good yeah. result.
1: It was, good result. Uh, they were behind one and they won 2 1. Yeah, I think they I think were, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, good result. Uh, what have we got here? What have we got here? Ian, just keeps sending loads of messages p- uh, to people. Uh, there's Rye, he's been on um, It's conversations Rye's saying he can't ring in Ibra, Mo Ibra's saying yes you can Lee Morris, I remember Cardiff well <clears throat> The feeling of pure emotion at full time The fact that we had won a trophy And I'd never seen another North East team do that And still haven't with a big laughy face Brilliant, um, I suppose, I don't know I was there as a fan, I wasn't there as a journal. Mm. You were there as a player, but a fan yeah. because it wasn't your club at that point. Uh, do players? Uh, but you've been you've been there and tasted success at Wembley. Do players celebrate or feel it d- any differently to fans? Is it? I don't know. From a fan's perspective, it's pure emotion. Is it yeah. just pure emotion from a, a player?
2: Um, it's different because I think I think you, you've got so much invested in the game. Once that game's finished, um, your emotion then starts to come out a little bit. You'll be a little bit probably upset, but happy upset, you know what I mean, you, mm. you, your adrenaline then just probably goes through the roof and you're just trying to get through those and trying to enjoy those moments because as a player they don't happen enough, you yeah. know what I mean, that you get to lift a trophy, you get to celebrate with your fans, you get to celebrate with your teammates who you might not ever play with again, mm. you know, and I think um, I think sometimes you, you forget that and, and I think if you can turn the clock back to this, those certain times, I'd have probably enjoyed time on the pitch at the Millennium Stadium after my playoff find a lot more I'd have probably enjoyed the night a little bit more and, yeah. and took it all in and I think because you think it's going to happen again next week you think it's going to happen again next year you, you know what I mean and, and and thankfully for Middlesbrough we had a little bit more success the following year so the players had time to probably I mean it almost happened di- the following year to but digest you know it. Yeah,
1: one, um, one, one step too you
2: know, but I think um, I, I think now you, you look back 20 years if somebody had told me in 2004 that in 20 years time Middlesbrough wouldn't have won anything again I I wouldn't have believed you because at the time the club was going in one direction and one direction only. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd all we were fighting for things for years. We were we were the up and coming side. Um, we had and we still have the best chairman in the, in the country, um, but things just haven't worked out for whatever reason. You know, what I mean, teams have took off. They've spent loads of money. Football's evolved in a in a business type way and we've just not really followed suit in terms of yeah. um investment
1: well i mean it's it's a billionaire's game now that's the difference it's difficult and yeah
2: and, and, and listen you, you're talking about you, you talk probably 20 2009 teams buying success you know what mm-hmm. i mean and onwards and and now it's just so difficult to, to, to listen we got to the, to the semi-final of carabao cup and the gulf on that one night was evident, evident, yeah, You know, and, and, that, and that was just that was just buying success. You know, I mean, you looked at the cup final at the weekend when Chelsea got the final. and If any Middlesbrough watched it and and thought that 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 should be us, it was it was we was listen, yeah. we would have been so far out of our depth again. Yeah. on a big pitch at Wembley against Liverpool. Uh,
1: more Ebra and his comments. By the way, Steve McLaren's going to join us very, very soon. So if you want to get your comments through to him as well, send a message <coughs> through to him. Send us it on uh, Facebook Live if you're watching the stream or you can uh, WhatsApp your message in on 033 or More Ebra says, brilliant day. Uh, it was winning the Carling Cup Steve McLaren did a brilliant job at the club uh, it was a brilliant experience you mentioned nothing about you there Cam Sorry, mate. Um, uh, when will these good times come back to the club great question we can ask that uh, very shortly uh, Dave you're running because you shouted last <laughs> orders because they shouted last orders at the bar ok thanks for that Ian um, yeah brilliant uh, Patrick Wheatley uh, regarding Saturday against Stoke, two poor teams in the league I can see us getting beat uh which is a, a bit of a, a bit of a concern um i think uh, something needs to be changed uh what do you lads think I'll, I'll give
2: that one to you mate i mean what what needs changing if anything well something does obviously um, listen I, I, I don't know if that's pushing towards does the manager need to change not not in my opinion no. um, um is it is it the way and the philosophy how we do things if that is that listen i'm not a big fan of directors of football and and, and I'm a big fan of managers and it's it's really interesting we've got Steve coming on the show that yeah. that managers in the past have been in charge of signing players working with the players dictating who comes in and who goes out I don't believe that's the case anymore in football um, I don't believe it's, it, that's fully the case at Middlesbrough I think team's Scott has a huge role to play in terms of personnel mm-hmm. in and out mm-hmm. um, which must f- infuriate managers at times because you might not get who you want to get you might not think it's it's the right fit at the right time and um and that's probably my only frustration, but I think football's evolved. we talk yep. about twenty years that's the evolving of fo- the evolvement in football um and unfortunately that that would be my my bigger frustration. I think that's why managers come and go very quickly um and don't stay around as long as probably you'd, you'd want them or expect them um but at the same time, I think we've got the best manager in terms of moving forward so I, i'm not i'm I'm very happy I don't want him to. Um, don't want him to jump ship. I don't want us to panic and go. Tell you what's going to change.
1: What's going to change is there'll be investment this summer. Yeah. What we didn't spend in the winter I transfer window. I reckon. Yeah, we spoke, about, reckon, so. yeah, we spoke so. about this. I think. I think. I think Steve will give Carrick what he needs. Yeah. That's what I think. We'll I change. hope
2: so. Yeah, and 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 I think it, 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 if that is the case, um, listen, a centre forward is a, is a must. That's one thing I'd change. I change a number nine. Put your boots that number, ooh, that number nine. <laughs> phones on, by the way. My phones on. <laughs> phones on. Ready. <laughs> Phone's <laughs> on ready.
1: All right, then, let's uh, take a quick break. Steve McLaren should be with us next uh, on the Reds on Andy Campbell's Red Army. That number, if you want to get involved, 033 or 043 And if you, want to drop, uh, if you want to drop a message uh, either to us on WhatsApp on that same number, 033 or 043 or on Facebook Live, the comments there, the starting, uh, you want to drop that to Steve or Andy. Just don't drop it to me and take the mic, uh, then please do. We'll be right back after this. He's pulled the shirt on, scored the goals. Andy Campbell on the red.
2: This is the red.
1: And I'm pleased to say, Andy, we are joined by Steve McLaren, the man, I, I described you earlier, Steve, as the architect of that great day 20 years ago, but I suppose there was an awful lot of people, whether it's players, staff, backroom people, uh, that contributed to, to what happened on this day 20 years ago. Is that right?
5: Oh, without a doubt. Uh, from the first day I joined Borough, it was um, the most important thing I did was bring my own staff in, and Steve allowed me to bring four or five in: uh, Bill Bezik Paul Barron, Steve Harrison, and um, and Steve Round. And they were integral in in what we achieved in the in the five years. We were very close. Um, there were difficult times at the beginning, Andy. You'll remember that. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot to sort out, a lot of good young players, a lot of older players who we had to let go. And we as a staff stuck together very well and, and kept going through. And then obviously behind that, there's other staff, um, you know. But that day in Cardiff 20 years ago to the day was was purely for for Steve Gibson, um, for one, giving me the opportunity um, and allowing me to uh, to manage Middlesbrough. And then, obviously, to uh, to provide all the backing in which um, we built a team in that three years to win a trophy, which had eluded him and Middlesbrough,
2: and finally we got it. Steve, you talked there about um, about the staff that you were able to bring in, and I'll call them the unsung heroes because obviously the the, the players who started that day were were phenomenal. You know what I mean? You, the the tactics, everything that you that, that you and the staff picked that day was phenomenal. But how important was it that? Um, that those guys don't get forgotten, um, the impact that they made for that day and the season as, as, as well?
5: No, they're, they're the most important, I think it was, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about that and when people do and, and, you know, you never achieve on your own, as you know, you're in coaching, managing, now you know that and you're only as good as the people around you and the, and, and the staff and it's all about people. That's what I've learned in, uh, in, in you know, Hover. 40 50 years of football it's all about people uh the characters um the blending and it's its not always getting the best people it's, it's the people that fit and you'll find that in a football team and uh, we had that in the staff from day one and um we built it in, in the playing staff over a matter of three years we got over the hurdle winning something and continued for the next two years but it wasn't just that, it, everybody had to be aligned all the way from the top to the bottom from the first day. Steve Gibson um, was magnificent in, in backing us um, many, many times during that five years, you know. Um, I was in trouble and he could have easily let me go um, but stuck by myself and the staff and um, and got the rewards.
2: Talking about the, 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 the Cup Final itself as an as a isolation, Steve. I, how surprised were you? The euphoria and the ecstasy afterwards, you know. Because it's a club who's been starved of any success. You know what I mean? As a as a fan, I've up as a middle of a fan all my life. I was lucky enough to play for the club. Mm. i I was there as a fan to watch you in the Millennium Stadium. I'm still a supporter now, and we we're still starved. How how shocked were you? Um, how happy the supporters were with the with the size of the victory, and, and obviously remembering it still twenty twenty years later.
5: Yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's one of the first things when I met Steve was, uh, you know, many things. But, you know, he laid down his vision. Um, he wanted to stay in the Premier League. He wanted to um, win a trophy. He wanted to get into Europe. But the most important thing, um, he wanted to build the academy. And he wanted to build the academy and give young kids a chance because of the community. And I always remember, and, and, and the first thing he said was, I want my players to go into the schools and youth clubs, and I want them to go into the community. And as you know, as a the players, they don't really like that. No. Um, don't go in the afternoon. They want to go somewhere else and mm-hmm. rest. But that was one criteria that he insisted on, that we get out into the community. And that was, for me, how I, I grew closer to the club. And I suppose the players, you know, you're from Middlesbrough, so you get that anyway. But we had a lot of foreign players yeah. coming in. And, and to get that, that bond, that gelling together of what Middlesbrough Football Club is all about, you have to get out in the community. And he forced that. And therefore, that's why I think that bond. And then everything was it just happened in, in one day in Cardiff. And um, I always remember um yeah getting to to the Cup final was great, but going through Cardiff on the way to the game uh, uh the supporters getting into the stadium magnificent stadium the support that we got and uh, it was it, it, yeah, I always remember after it was great winning we got over the hurdle and we just wanted one to uh, to make sure that Steve, got doused with champagne from the players and he, did. And, came onto the pitch. <laughs> and he did and and second was to see the faces of the supporters um it was yeah it was it, it was an, i still remember it as if it was yesterday some of the, the, the supporters uh going around tears in the eyes, crying and um and then the next i think day or a couple of days or a week later we had the The bus ride around the town. Um, You know, didn't think we'd fill the uh, the town, but everybody came out. Everybody was fantastic.
2: And those are the things, Steve, aren't they? That you that you that that live in your in your memory. You know, and we spoke there about. um, I think sometimes as a player, um, especially as a coach, as a manager, that you you have these big moments in your careers, and you you probably don't celebrate them as much because you you focus on the next, or you you know what I mean. It's only when you probably. 20 years down the line you, you think i wish i'd have enjoyed that a little bit more i wish i'd have probably took that in a little bit more and when the adrenaline all calms down and you need to take a little bit of a step back that you probably wish you'd have enjoyed those little moments because they don't come around as often as probably you'd like to or that or they probably should come around because football's a, a ruthless business
5: absolutely um i always remember you know i was fortunate enough to to uh, to work at manchester united before i went to the borough and um and winning trophies and I always remember the experience of the staff there they said Steve take everything in yeah. enjoy it because it, the days they flash by when you get into a cup final or you win a league it just flashes by and I just made sure from then on I did it at Manchester United I've done it ever since I've really made sure and I've really emphasised to the staff especially really slow down don't rush. Um, Celebrate, but don't over-celebrate because you forget it. And the one thing is to remember the faces in the dressing room, the faces in the stand, uh, just little moments that will stick with you, well, for a lifetime. And uh, that was one of them days that I always remember. I made sure that we did. I just sat in a corner and looked at the players, singing, dancing, champagne everywhere. And that's, you will know it as a as a leader of a group of people, especially a football team. That's the pleasure that you get: is seeing the players winning, smiling, enjoying everything, and uh, and achieving something which community, uh, Steve Gibson, uh, the supporters, uh, the players, the staff all deserved.
2: You speak there, Steve, about, about the community, about the area, um, about the football club. I remember, I think, I'm sure it was Fulham. We played Fulham away, didn't we? And I'm sure yeah. that every single player in that starting level, if not the subs as well, was all a homegrown player who played for the academy. Is that right?
5: Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a great day. I mean, we were, it's the first we're and only
1: the time it's happened, where there were 11 players on the field at that time that were all homegrown academy players in the Premier
2: League. And and listen. So how how important then was was that to to do that decision to, to do it? Um, and because listen, it, it inspires, doesn't it? You know what I mean? All the young players. Middlesbrough have had a great heritage in terms of bringing players through. Even to this day, we've still got the Dale Fries of this world, the Josh Corburn, the Hayden Hackneys, yeah. and we've got younger players coming through. Um, so yeah. it's, it's it's still happening now. You know what I mean? Probably not the levels that. That they did when I played, and obviously when you brought all those all those boys through. Um, but it's it's it just inspires and and gives people the, the dream to hang on to.
5: I think if, I always remember. I never forget the first day of training. Uh, we split. We had I think about thirty pros. Way too many. Way too many senior pros. And um, I said to Dave Barnaby, you know, get the academy boys in with us as well. And we had fifteen of them, so we had forty five players. Split them into three groups. Um, Harry take one, uh, Roundy take the other and I'll take the other. So 15 each. Uh, and we moved around, worked with them for about half an hour each, worked some around to get used to working with all the players. And I remember coming in at the end of, of that training session we all sat down and uh, we were looking a bit worried. And um, I said, don't you worry. I said, uh, uh, it's gonna be tough to start. It's gonna be really tough but the future is bright. Because there were, ju- honestly, a training session, it, it was a possession session, you'll know it. And, and there was so, so much better than the senior pros, keeping <laughs> the ball and playing football. And the endeavor, the attitude, uh, the, the, the aggression. I, th- I, I just said, is it, the future is bright because quite a few of these kids are gonna come through. We have just gotta get through this this at uh, the present moment. And it was five years later we, we moved on. And it wasn't a gimmick. It wasn't a gimmick. They all deserved to play. Uh, yes, we did have injuries. We're coming to the end of the season. Uh, yes, we did have uh, Cup semi-finals. Yes, we did have a European Cup final. But it, it, it was a, a necessity to do and to put them out in 11 hours when we are going down to Fulham and doing it. I think we only lost one. I think we lost in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. The kids did unbelievably well, because Fulham were a damn good side. And I just thought, you know, we've, we've, we've more or less, apart from winning that European trophy, which would have been fantastic, we've more or less achieved everything which, from the day one, sat with Steve and, and saying, this is what we want to do, stay in the Premier League, <laughs> uh, win a trophy, get into Europe, uh, get the kids through and uh, and get in, into that community and bring the football club closer. And I think we achieved all of that.
2: It's yes. massive though, Dave. <clears throat> we talk about insights of... Um... Steve, we've been talking currently about uh, about plans for next season, plans for this season. Obviously, you don't want to just write the season off as a what, what's going on, but but listening to to what the plans were when you took over, it's it's it'd be interesting to see what the remit is. Obviously, currently, you know that yeah. that we've obviously got uh, an academy still. We've got a good academy. Yeah, um, we've got uh, experienced players. Probably not as experienced as probably Steve had when he came, and we haven't got his big squad. Um, so, there's not as many decisions to make, but it'd be so interesting to understand from a fan's point of view of what the remit really is. Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, I think that I know. think that's so important to get that, and so important to share that. And I think that that was the mo- that, you know that was why I joined Middlesbrough and, and, and because of Steve's talk that we had, and he just laid out the vision, and and you bought into the vision straight away. And I think you know we 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 tried to spread that amongst the community so everybody knew that so everybody knew the realities of what was expected and and yes there was added pressure and, you know especially when results didn't go well and you know we got a couple of good ones and I, I remember that FA Cup tie where you scored that great goal uh, I remember that so well against Manchester United yeah. you know so we had we had good days and we had some really bad days as well mm. and You've just got a vision like that just to cling on to, to hang on to. It's so much better. And and I'm positive, you know, Steve stayed with the club. He's invested in the club. Uh, Michael Carrick, fantastic, fantastic player, character and a great coach. Everybody here at Manchester United talks so highly of of Michael Carrick. You can see that in the way that the team are playing when he first came in and um, at certain spells this season. You've got the right man, you've got the right owner, um, you need to build uh, the academy, which he always wanted to do and doing. And you have to make sure that, you know, that the vision, everybody knows it. That's the town, the community, everybody. And then everybody can buy into that, whatever that vision is. And I'm positive with Steve, knowing the championship um, as you do very well, that. You know, any Middlesbrough was so close last season to doing it, yeah. so close, yeah. and and they can do it again, and that's I'm positive that's what Steve wants. He wants to see Middlesbrough back in the Premier League again.
1: And you think you think all the constituent parts are just about there. It's just a case of getting them in place, adding one or two. But you know, Borough's got a good chance to to then take that big step forward.
5: I think. I, I, look. <laughs> to to win and this is the first thing that that I I, I talked about going to Middlesbrough and building in the f- first five years what we had and then what we ended we ended with <laughs> look we ended with macaroni uh, Hasselbeck <laughs> Biduka, Yakubu amazing I mean you only win football matches when you've got strikers of that caliber yeah. and and you know Middlesbrough had that last season those scoring goals. And they've struggled to do that. So you're only one or two little nuggets away from actually becoming a team that, you know, I've watched him playing his, you know, I watched that Chelsea game, he did great at home. He's so organized, so disciplined, got everybody on the same page. They're all working, they've all got character. It's just the missing link, it's just that missing thing. And I always said to Steve, you know, and after we won the cup the the cup, I said, we're going into Europe, we need a better calibre of strikers because they make the difference. We had everything else in place, we just needed a better calibre of striker. And Mills were not that far far away. Just need everybody needs to go up in the championship that striker who can score twenty plus goals.
2: And we spoke, to Dave, haven't we? We spoke about the importance of that centre forward, Steve. Um, you know, what I mean, you know, you, you listen, you, you work with some unbelievable centre forwards currently. Uh, the ones at the top of the championship, uh, the teams who were winning games right up there, the ones who were scoring goals. You know, what I mean, look at Leeds the other night against Chelsea. Yeah. You know, what I mean, Joseph two goals. You know, what I mean, does it for a young player? You know, we don't have that currently. That player who's going to get those yeah. 20 goals, and that's the difference between making yeah. the playoffs, making the top two. Yeah. Not, not chasing down the bottom of the league and I, 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 it's just it's, it's imperative that we get that right in the next window which is obviously going to be the end of the season now um, and yeah. hopefully then like Steve says it will it will make a difference because the names that you have just reeled off Steve there just I think every Middlesbrough fan who's currently listening to this radio station now and, and watching it on <coughs> Facebook Live, watching it on YouTube will have just grinned like we just have because those names you just read <laughs> out there are absolutely outrageous <laughs> and I think sometimes you forget don't you that I think I was very lucky that when I played. Um, there was the uh, Boxidges, the Ravinellis, yeah, yeah, Mikel yeah. Beck's, Hamilton Richards. But then wow, they went. You had them as well. They were. They were. They were. They were world class. But then they replaced world class with world class. You know what I mean? Normally, it's you. you leave the world class and you 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 trade it in for a lesser model. You didn't do that, did you? You went for you went for like like for like, <laughs> hang on, if not better. Hang on,
1: hang on. But but also behind <laughs> them you had Mendieta, yeah. Zenden,
2: yeah. Boateng. Yeah, and, and and not forget by the way, Joseph Job who scored, who yeah. scored one of the goals in the in the in the, in the Carling Cup final. So we, you know what I mean? We, we and Malcolm Christie who, who helped us and Michael Ricketts who yeah, helped. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking international footballers for England, not international yeah. sides as well. So it's, it's Bro, World Cup winners. The, no, the numbers. The, yeah, the, the, yeah. the numbers of. It, Steve talks about the, the squad levels, uh, carrying too many players. I've just named eight centre-forwards. We're currently we're currently <laughs> scraping around right now in 20, 2024 with no centre-forward. Steve, Steve's greedy with eight. I've got to ask you, Steve, how special were those days?
5: You know, yeah, from, I I from your perspective,
1: from your career I don't think we realised
5: how special they were until, you know, obviously now when you reflect back and you think of it, them, them days. But you know and you'll know yeah. you know being a manager of any football club it's a nightmare yeah. it's a nightmare yeah. but um, Steve I don't um, think
2: though I don't think you realise until you probably do leave those moments you know you, you, the, the names yeah. the names are all talking now you know what I mean they, were, they weren't just good footballers they were nice people you know what I mean and genuine people who it was so professional, you know, like the, 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 the time that, that Gareth came in and Ugo came in and, and I didn't realise how special those kind of people were until you seen them on the training ground, how they handled themselves in a hotel, how they spoke to people around the place, you know, I mean, they were proper men, proper people and people you look up to and it wasn't, they weren't characters, they were just, they wanted to be the best version of themselves and you you take those parts of yourself and, and try to implement them it's, as a young player, you know, and try to copy and emulate that as you go down the line of your career or, or around the place. And and, you know, everyone copies each other. or trying to take the best bits, and they were just genuinely nice, nice people.
5: Yeah, yeah they were great characters. I mean, Southgate was the most important signing right at the beginning, and um, and then bringing Janino back, and then obviously winning the winning the cup. And, and Steve did great. You know, he, he got Joseph Job back after sending him out on loan somewhere, I think, in France, and he came back. And, and he was a hero in the cup final. Um, but then get the cup final and, and, and the hardest decision I ever made and one of the hardest ever in football was was obviously letting Janino go. And, and I just said, you know, we, we, we just needed something different to go into Europe. And, uh, and Steve went out and got Hasselbank and, <laughs> and Viduka. And then, and then the next year, Yakubu, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Macaroni we already had who was developing. And it, it was great, but I tell you something, managing them four was the hardest thing <laughs> and one of the hardest uh, j- jobs about You know, even now, I still look back and go, the times I had to drop Jimmy or, or leave Viduca out of the team or put Yakubu on the wing when he wanted to be centre forward. You know, Andy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> players hate that. Yeah.
2: How, that, how, that did, how, did a, how did a player of that stature handle those kind of moments or conversations because you know we, we like listen you, you, you see rotation now rotation now in twenty twenty four players expect it um it's accepted I don't think it was accepted probably back in the day um twenty years ago, especially that, that people didn't see it as being rested or rotated it was it was probably the, probably <laughs> you get the curly finger and you get dropped it, it, effectively that's what it sounded like or came across as it was never a the word rotation was never used
5: no uh, we were lucky because we as you know, you know we wanted to establish ourselves in the in the league, but we wanted to be a cup team, and yeah. we were a, we were a very good cup team. You know, even the, when I think about the fifth year with we're, we're there. We got into an FA Cup semi final before we played um, in in the European Cup final. So we always we always were were having three games a week and it, it was great not much training and playing games and plays like that but i couldn't play every one of them so it did help that we had three games and and i'd always you know jimmy come in you're not playing you know and i think the biggest thing the biggest breakthrough for me with that year was you know i wanted to play one striker and 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 a number 10 i loved a nine and i loved a number 10 uh as i got with job and and um and uh and janino and I had with uh, Carbone and Boxic in the first couple of years. Um, but having that calibre of striker made force me into playing um, two of them. Um, and especially in Europe where nobody can handle Hasselbank or Baduka. And then we had Yakubu to come on and nobody could handle them. So the quality that we had and, and there weren't rotations but it was tough leaving them out but I'll tell you something, when they're playing angry,
2: <laughs> which they did, <laughs> they
5: were very, very good. They were
1: very good on the pitch and they took it out on you behind, uh, in, the, oh, in the background.
5: It was murder, and it was murder, murder, murder.
1: We did, ask, uh, we did ask the fans if they had a, a, a couple of comments. Uh, uh, funnily enough, Leslie Coates came in first and said, hey Steve, you're still living in your arm. I think you've moved away now, haven't you?
5: Just yeah, yeah. I mean, we loved Yarm honestly that much. I think it was over twenty over twenty years we lived there. Um, you know, we had three boys. Loved Yarm school. Uh, loved the area. Um, safe community. I felt safe there. And and you know, we the, the family just did not want to move out of Yarm. And it was only when the kids have left, and um, and we just wanted to try something different and. Yeah, we've not moved far away. We're only forty-five minutes away down in uh, Boston Spa near Weatherby. So we still go back. One of our sons is still there, and we have still got friends. So Yarm will always be um, a great, um, a, a great home for us, and a great place to go back to.
1: I thought it was because I moved into Yarm, that's why you moved out. Um, <laughs> you were Mark- always
5: there, David, you
1: always <laughs> helped us out, come on. Uh, Mark Wett has been on, he said, Steve McLaren, thanks for the League Cup and the fantastic run in Europe. Uh, also, thanks for doing a job at Newcastle. Football fans, Steve, you, you just can't change you, can you? Um, Patrick says, Steve, thanks for winning the Cup for us and being a great manager, thank you. And Lee Morris says, can you ask Steve if there's anything he regrets... From his time at Borough, any regrets anywhere? Um,
5: oh oh, lots every week. <laughs> <I regret> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> lots should have played him. Should have played him. Should have done this. Should have done that. Andy, you'll know making decisions. Yeah. That's the difference in management. You're making a thousand decisions a day, and you at the end of the day you're reflecting. You go, oh my God! I'd, and I always remember uh, Alex Ferguson. One bit of advice he gave me. He said, Steve if you get seven out of ten decisions right, you've been a damn good manager. And I thought, that's absolutely right. When we want to be everything and perfect, there are three that you will get wrong. And that's been a manager of his calibre. Yeah. So you get halfway, you're like that. So lots, lots of of regrets. But in the end, everything kind of turned out. And as I say, you know, one of the hardest decisions for me was was, you know, was... One, seeing Janino's face when finally won a trophy. And two, his face when I had to say, that's it. Uh, you've come back, you've done your job, you've won the trophy. Uh, but we're moving on. Um, you know, they were the two hardest moments of, uh, of my life. Cracking. Well, I appreciate
1: your time, Steve. Um, Pleasure. Anything, Andy, before we... No,
2: uh, Steve, I really appreciate your time. It, it's for every Middlesbrough fan who... Um, listen, we're all huge, huge supporters You know the North East, it's like a hotbed for football And um, that yeah. moment it will go down in history It'll never be forgotten because it's the first trophy we've won Hopefully it's not the last um, And someone else can carry on that legacy uh, But no, really appreciate your time Brilliant, brilliant.
5: thanks Andy thanks,
2: And Andy. I tell you what Steve, next time
1: we're up in we'll yarn We'll have you in the studio and we'll do the Steve McLaren We'll phone do in. that Okay, brilliant stuff Alright, all the best Re- Regards. Uh, well the man who was uh, we described as the architect um, Steve McLaren.
2: Ah, oh, listen, and, and like I just said to him there. It, I, I think sometimes as a, as a supporter, um, to listen to the little insights there. You know what I mean? Like, was it was it Lee's, Lee's question there about regrets? Uh, mm. he, he, he didn't. He said he had he loads of regrets, but but they're all um, minor ones, weren't? Yeah, it? but the the, the Giannino, um, there's two things what stick in his memory: um, him winning the trophy and and letting letting the little magician go. You know what mm. I mean? Because listen, there's there's tough calls to be a manager. There's tough calls to be a boss in any any industry, um, but. Every Middlesbrough fan I suppose it doesn't matter What level you're managing at They're all no. probably relevant yeah, aren't you've got, Listen you've got um, You've got a player there Who loved the club You've got fans who loved that player But he didn't fit in Steve's plans You know mm. what I mean and, and Listen I didn't fit in Steve's plans But I was not on the level That juninho was at um, So it was an easier, easier I'm, I'm surprised he didn't say that I was his biggest regret In our fairness But listen to Let Giannino go As a world class footballer Brazil's finest I know he had his injuries And he didn't probably Hit the heights of what he, He'd done previously For Middlesbrough But that's still the biggest call Because he knows What juninho meant to Middlesbrough fans, yep. he knows what the fans and the club meant to Giannino himself. So that's a that's a huge it a huge decision. Yeah. Well,
1: we're late. We've we've eaten. Yeah, into thanks the next everybody hour, for staying with us. There you go. Um, Andy, brilliant stuff, mate. Um, you know, it's from a fans' perspective, it's a great day. But I suppose we can only just dream and hope that there is something around the corner for the borough. And yeah. um, I'm convinced it's yeah. uh, it is it is investment this summer.
2: Hopefully, we're not waiting 30 years and doing this show again. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs>
1: we all hope so (laughs) right mate um, same again next week and uh, we'll catch you then see you then Andy Campbell on the Red
5: this is the Red